0: It just dawned on me that if you are turning into this podcast episode, if it's your first time hearing me with this episode six, you're actually going to be disappointed and confused because this is part B of episode five, right? So it's episode five B or episode six. And in episode five, I opened with the story about me moving. Well, let me just sum up the story. If you can't afford movers find a way and pay for movers if you think you don't need movers you're wrong find a way to pay for movers because unprofessional movers will throw a bunch of crap or cheap movers will throw a bunch of crap into a box tape the box with so much excessive tape it will actually take you longer to open up the box cut open the box it will take you longer to Open the box than will to actually unpack the box. Welcome to Cross of the Capitol, Episode 6 or 5B, depending on where you are. And I am your host, Mr. Autry J. Pruitt. Like, subscribe, and share this show right now. Cross at the Capital is the bridge between policy and prayer. We people of faith are being called to adjust our mindsets to meet the unique challenges of the moment. This is Part B of Episode 5 or Episode 6. And we continue to answer our question, How do you persuade someone that America is the best nation on the planet? Oh man. So we're gonna stick with the same verses. John eight, thirty-three, thirty-two, and Isaiah five, thirteen. Please bear with me. I know if you heard them before, I'm reading them again. It's okay. To hear some good advice twice in a row won't kill us. They answered him, John eight thirty-three. They answered him. We are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? John 8:32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Isaiah 5 13. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. In the last episode, uh, I talked about Independence Day. I talked about what it meant to be free and that freedom actually requires two things. It requires you to be free in both knowledge and free in physical uh, bonds. This is... It was. I enjoyed the episode. Um, every time I put these things together, I learn something new, and I develop. Some of these are long theories I've had, but I develop little nuances to them uh, that just enhance uh, what I've already believed. And then um, I talked to. Uh, I spoke to you about what the founding framers did in the duality of the constitution. And so in today's episode, which will probably be shorter than most episodes, I want to talk about solutions, right? How the, this answering this question, how do you persuade someone that America is the best nation on the planet or at least in the top 2? I believe that's what I said last episode. And and this is the best part of the show because I'm trying to do the show in such a way so we get action steps that we can specifically take in order to persuade people uh, of, of certain opinions. And right now, that opinion is that we are the best country. Now, let me start with what not to do. I've seen some conservatives do this, usually younger, not older, but I've even seen older ones do it. Don't start waving the flag in front of their face. America, let's go, America, let's go. Let's not start doing that, All right. <laughs> Uh, don't 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 turn up your nose and give them sour looks. And this is not a conversation to have in public, drinking beer or at a bar. What I've realized is a lot of individuals that go into these conservative conversations and they want to persuade individuals the conservative conversations. They end up doing it in public, or they ended up doing it in a large uh, group of friends. Um, and it becomes more of an exercise in peacocking, right? It becomes about the size of your bleep. <laughs> I don't have a bleep side effect, so I, I did a bleep. <laughs> That's what it becomes. Um, and so you want to avoid that, right? Because if you're in public with someone who's held a long held belief and you want to try to persuade them to at least take a look, a, a, a real look, a faithful look, a true look at a new way of viewing something or a new idea, it's better not to do it in a bunch of friends. It's better not to do it in a bunch of public because people become defensive, right? If you've been a Democrat your entire life, And, or even a strong proportion of it. And you've been tweeting Democrat things, and you, I voted for Joe Biden. I voted for President Obama. I voted for Bill Clinton. No matter what it is, right? When someone goes to persuade you and tell you you're wrong, if there are people around them that have known them and know their Twitter and know their voting habits and and know who they are, they don't want to look like a simp in front of those individuals. They don't want to look uh, like they are mealy mouth, as my grandmother used to say. They don't want to look like that. What they want to do is they want to look strong. They want to look like they're anchored in their opinion, even if they disagree. You've been in these conversations before where somebody, you will have a discussion with somebody, and you can see it. You can tell the moment they get what you're saying, and they feel that you have a point. They may not be all the way over to your side yet, but they know you have a point. But yet, because they are amongst friends, because they... Or uh, amongst the public They will not concede the argument So you want to provide for them If I can't find a better term A safe space So that you want engage with them Rather in a safe space So that they can feel Comfortable and encouraged To change Right, And then that's another thing If you see the look If you see them starting to change Don't go in with teeth blazing And a knife out and try to cut their throat right just ease just ease ease a little bit maybe take the foot off the gas just a little bit right you're going to learn today i just realized this although i'm going to give you solutions and how i think you can persuade someone that america is the best nation on the planet some strategies today you're going to learn a little bit about the art of persuasion right you're going to learn about uh, the art of persuasion just a little bit tips here and there all right so I told you what not to do, right? Don't wave the flag in front of their face. Uh, don't give them sour looks. Don't argue with them uh, in public, okay? The first thing you do is, in, by the way, when, you ever, when you're ever going to persuade somebody, start with what you shouldn't do, right? If you're going to persuade someone, think about that person and say, what is it that I should not do? The reason for that is because sometimes when people begin their pushback against us, we default immediately to what's secure to us, right? So you're trying to persuade your person A, right? You're yourself, A, and you're trying to persuade person B of a particular political idea, fact, opinion, whatever, right? And person B begins a heavy pushback. They may even engage in some ad personal attacks. They may, you know, it it may become a a, a little vicious. So what happens is we get defensive and then we all of a sudden change it up and want to go on the attack. So when you're getting ready to persuade someone, you need to start with what not to do to yourself. You need to tell yourself, I will not do this. I will not do that, I will not do this, right? For example, you say, I will not make this personal. As easy as it is for me to pull out an example from their own personal life and show them their own hypocrisy, I won't do it. And the reason I won't do it, that's another thing, you gotta understand what you're not gonna do, but you gotta understand the reason. The reason I won't do it is because it's going to put them on the defensive, it's going to shut them down, and at that point I'm talking to a brick wall, right? Remember, at any point during the persuasion argument, right, and and I've done this with individuals who are 30 and individuals who are 70, and it gets, by the way, persuading someone who's older is harder. At any point, right, if they become defensive or feel attacked or graded against, the brick wall goes up, and it doesn't matter how right you are. It doesn't matter if you have a video, you will not be believed. So it's very important to start off when you want to persuade somebody with what you're not going to do and understand the reasons why you're not going to do it. So then start it with what you will do. The first thing is you're going to do is listen as to why they believe what they believe. In this case, you're going to say, Why is it that you don't believe? America's the best nation on the planet. It's very important that you listen to this. Okay. The second thing you're going to do is tell them your personal story and relate it to the country in some capacity. Okay. That's the second thing uh, you're going to do. And then the uh, third thing you're going to do is share some influential facts without degrading them or another country. Uh, And the fourth thing is going to visit another country. These aren't necessarily in the order that you should do them in, but it's important. Remember, we're talking about how you persuade someone that America is the best nation on the planet, or at least in the top two, right? Let's take it in reverse order. So this one is, I I don't want to sound... Uh, two elitists here, but it's hard to persuade someone that America is the best country if you've never been to any other country. So it could be that maybe you shouldn't make an argument that America is the best country. This is not even something you should engage in arguing about unless Uh, You have been to at least one other country, even Canada, for God's sakes, right? I say even Canada now. I think Canada is treated like every other country. It used to be when I was a kid and you turned 18, uh, I grew up in Michigan, you you would take your driver's license and just drive across the border and and go to Windsor, I think it was Windsor, and you would have – uh, drinks and you can go gambling. You do all the stuff that you had to wait till you're 21 in the U.S. to do. um So that's why I say even Canada. But now I think Canada is just as strange as a country that's 2,000 miles away. Um. Anyway, I, I just I really wouldn't engage in this argument unless you've been to at least one other country, and I would go so far as to say probably several other countries. All right. Um, if you're engaged. Uh, in an argument that we're the best country on the planet and you have not been to any countries, but the person that doesn't think we are has been to five of the countries or they interned or they they went on college trips or whatever. You know, that's a hard, that's going to be hard to win. There's sometimes that no matter the persuasive arguments you get, there's some facts that you're hit with that it's just like, bro, you know, you haven't been... You know, to any other country. It's like individuals that argue about the mentality of a sports locker room or they argue about the mentality of sports teams. And they never really had that experience of being in one, right? So it's hard to argue against something if you haven't had the experience. Now, that's not always the case. We know that's not always the case. Um, for example, I think you can make a competent argument against abortion never having had one right um, from the left i think you can make a competent argument against guns never having shot one or owned one right but there are some arguments that are more experience-based such as this one and that one's going to be difficult to to persuade someone that the usa is the best country or the second best country and you've never been anywhere else oh, yourself. In fact, there's a comedian. I'm going to play it for you. I want to play it for you. There's a comedian who uh talks about this Nate Bergazzi. Just a little lighthearted humor. Today's show was going to be um was going to end up uh, less than the normal time anyway, so I might as well just play it. Okay, I don't know where we I don't know where we're going here. We had a little little technical difficulty.
1: I don't know. I, try, I get to travel a bunch. I've been to, like, a bunch of different countries. I, know, I don't know where any of them are, or even where. I, I didn't learn about countries in school, so <laughs> I just learned about Tennessee, and then I was told about the states that touched us in case they attacked. And that was basically it. I just went to Honduras. We did, uh, did a USO tour for the troops in Honduras. That's where it's going down next. And... Yeah, they told me. They haven't even told America yet, but just, it's fine. I went there. I was at the, I go to the airport, and I told the guy, I was like, hey, I'm going to Honduras. And the guy was like, what city? And I was like, I'm just learning right now, that's not the name of the city. So, (laughs) just wherever, Uh, wherever people are going, probably. I don't even, I didn't know you were going to grill me about it. We land in Honduras. A guy picks us up. He's driving us to the Army base. And then, so when we get out of there, he's, like, giving us a rundown of, like, everything. And so when he was, like, all right, there's a couple things you got to look out for. Uh, there's a lot of snakes, a lot of venomous snakes. So he's, like, when you walk around, just keep an eye out for snakes. Uh, but if you do get bit by a snake, the best thing to do is just go ahead and just catch the snake and then bring it with you so then we know, like, what snake bit you. <laughs> And I was like, I'm pretty positive, like, that's not what you're supposed to do. Uh, I've never seen that on Animal Planet like, just catch a snake. I've never caught a snake in my life. And then when I get bit, I got to get it together and catch a snake for the first time. I was like, it's not going to go good, dude. He's going to keep biting me. That's all that's going to happen. And he was like, it doesn't matter. You've already been bit. And I was like, do you even know what a snake is? It completely matters. There's a huge difference between one bite and probably 30 bites. Which is what we will be at if I try to catch this snake. Who told you this, this snake? Is that who told you to tell me this?
0: <laughs> oh, man. He's, he's just a really... I don't know. He's been around for a while, but I, I have noticed he's taken off in the, in the social media uh, world. Anyway, um, tra- by the way, there's a song called Tennessee Stud. Which is just a great, uh, it's a great song, maybe I'll play that one (laughs) Anyway, I don't want to get that, I really want to pull up Tennessee Stud and play a little bit of it by Doc Watson Maybe I will at the end of the show if we get to the end and I can do it Anyway, so, traveling outside the country can be intimidating, but you need to And if you've never been outside the country, then start here Um, you know, if you've never been outside the state, by the way, then you could start. Here, some people have never been outside. You've never left your state, and you're trying to get people that the country is the best country on the planet. I think you've, you know, start with Hawaii. If you if you are uncomfortable visiting another country, start with Hawaii. But if you want to take the full plunge, by the way, this is not, um, this is not an endorsement or an advertisement. I'm not being paid for this. I just want to let you know there's a uh, firm shoot it just slipped my mind globus globus g l o b u s just google globus journeys um use a globus tour man That's it's 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 amazing it's worth it it's a safe way for you to travel the other countries but um you should start there because you can know what america lacks And what it does it for example, one of the things that becomes obvious is that we got to make some different food choices in this country. Um, Anyway, so if you want to persuade someone that America is the best country, or at least the second best country in the world, then um, the next thing, the first thing you got to make sure is that you've been to some other countries, all right? now b you want to relate some facts right and if your facts are strong you don't need to tear down other countries i i, I see people make this argument and what they want to do is they want to go on the tech, well this happened in europe and see what's happening in france you know i don't know by the way if you look at the news what's happening in france it's crazy right now it, uh, uh, this is what happens in sub-saharan africa ghana and, and ethiopia this is what happened in uganda but you don't have to persuade someone right about the uh crappiness of other countries you need to persuade them about this country and and that's another um that's another aspect of persuasion right if you're trying to persuade somebody about a particular fact or individual you need to focus on that because just because the other countries are crappy doesn't necessarily mean We are the best, right? So you got to understand that. When your facts are strong, you don't need to tear down another country, right? You will have the personal experience we just talked about and the facts you share, which speak for themselves, right? Now, the next thing is when you're giving these facts, I'm going to give you some sample facts in a second, but when you're giving these facts, it's essential, (coughs) excuse me, it's essential that... You give enough to be over the top, but not overwhelming, right? You want to do the exact opposite of what the folks, the friends who helped me move did, right? You don't want to excessively tape it because it's going to take longer to open it up than it will to unpack it. And I have boxes right now sitting with tape all around them. I've probably bought stuff that's in the box because I was just like, I don't want to deal with untaping this. Right. When you learn to persuade someone, you want to give them enough so that they can box tightly so they can close it up a little bit extra to ensure the contents stay in the box, but not so much as to piss them off when they go to unpack the box, when they go to think about it. Right. You give them a little bit of facts and a little sugar on top, but you can't make it too sweet. Let me give you three or four examples that I can think of, uh, of persuasive facts and details, which will help someone move along the journey, right, to prove, to believe, rather, that the USA is possibly one of the best countries on the planet. And this is another fact in persuasion. Persuasion is rarely a flip of the switch. It's rarely a, uh, let me just uh, tell you something and boom, you change instant. And that's what we seemingly want, right? We seemingly want to catch someone doing something in hypocrisy on the conservative side. We want to catch someone on the left side doing something uh, hypocritical. And we on the conservative side want to go, aha, now don't you believe us? Aha! You know? And we we, we foolishly believe that one fact, no matter how good that fact is, is going to change someone And spin them on a dime. Right? It doesn't happen that way. 99% of persuasion is not Paul on the road to Damascus. Right? 99% of persuasion is a journey. So I'm going to give you a few persuasive facts and details to help someone move along their journey. And your goal is to plant a seed. Persuasion is about planting a seed in the mind that can grow over time. Okay. Um, Let's say the person you're trying to persuade loves cars. Okay. Well, you can say that the car was invented in Germany, but one of the things that makes us great is that the assembly line was developed here around 1913, By Henry Ford that allowed masses uh, of people to afford cars and that before the car, before the Model T, you were stuck in pretty much a 15, maybe 30 mile radius. And then all of a sudden, when the Model T comes out, it expands to 80 miles, 100 miles. And that revolutionized not only this country, but it revolutionized the planet. Now, that alone may not be a persuasive enough fact to put him along the journey, but you could say this. This is true of almost every single invention. A lot of inventions, including the telephone, for example, were actually not invented by a citizen of the U.S., But because of the freedom and free market ethos here, a lot of the inventions didn't take fruition until they could come underneath the freedom American banner. And you see this over and over again with inventions. So if you're talking to someone who's technologically inclined or who likes cars, that's a a, a take you take to begin them on their journey. Right? If you're talking to a person who loves tech, right they've got an xbox they've got they're going to get those new apple vision glasses they've got an iphone and a samsung galaxy they you know they just love tech well one of the things that you can share with them and say you know one of the things that makes us great is that the top companies in the world in the world the top tech companies are us based corporations okay let's let's go through the top 10 Okay, let's go through the top 10 of companies by the last data we have. Amazon, Apple, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Walmart, Samsung, Visa, MasterCard, and Verizon. All right, let me call that one more time. Amazon, Apple, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Walmart, Samsung, Visa, MasterCard, and Verizon. Now, all but one of these companies were founded in the United States of America, and that was Samsung that was founded in in Seoul, South Korea. That's a 90% ratio, right? These companies have had the biggest impact over the last 40 years in the country, in the world, and they were founded here. Oh my gosh, right? That's an argument you can make to help someone who's more tech-centered believe that we're the best country on the planet. Now, let's say... A person considers themselves highly educated. They consider themselves of the upper intellectual class. I wish you could see me. My pinky is up right now, right? Then another point of evidence you can move to is education. I want you to listen to the top universities in the world. The top universities in the world. Judged by other universities in the world. MIT, MIT. Stanford, Harvard, Caltech, Oxford, Cambridge, University of Chicago, Princeton, California, Berkeley, and Imperial College. All right. Of those that I listed, seven are in the United States of America. Oxford, Cambridge, and Imperial College are in England, I do believe. Oxford and Cambridge, I know, I think Imperial College is also in England. So out of the ten universities that people immigrate and, and, and break their necks and apply to from all around the world to go to to get that education, seventy percent of them are here in this country. You know? Now, what if the person cares about just people and they and, and they don't think the US is good because we're a capitalist country? And that's why we're not the best country. We don't care about people. Well, you could give them this fact about their journey. You can talk about uh, the American um, agronomist uh, Norman Borlaug. I think is that how you pronounce it? agriculturalist? Maybe I forgot. I, I forgot what I forgot. How you say that word anyway. You could talk about dwarf wheat by Norman Borlaug, right? Dwarf wheat was invented somewhere in the 40s or 50s. I can't quite remember. Um, And before that invention, even, even when it was invented, it wasn't spread yet. So but after it spread, you don't hear famines now. I know we talk a lot about processed foods. We talk a lot about wheat. We talk a lot about gluten. And there are problems with that. I have a whole thing on that. I've changed my diet recently. But the facts are, Before we beat up on wheat and all this kind of stuff too much, an American, an American scientist, Norman, was essential. He was the linchpin in creating this dwarf wheat, which basically erased, got rid of mass famines around the world. This is this. It's mind blowing. So that's another thing, and 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 so I, I gave you four good reasons, but this illustrates another good point about persuasion, and this is why listening is so important. And it was uh, on my it was number one on my list. You need to do. You need to when persuade. Actually, it was number two after you visit another country. You need to listen to somebody. The reason is is because you must begin persuasion from their vantage point, not your vantage point. We as conservatives often find it challenging to sway others due to our approach of altering their viewport in their entire belief system. Right? You can't do that. What you have to do is try to persuade them from their own perspective, from their own vantage point. It's a journey, right? It's not a flip of the switch. It's a journey. Persuasion is a journey, and it's going to take a while, right? By the way, every time you meet them, don't try to persuade them. It's just tidbits as it comes up organically. I want you to visualize this. Let's say you and I are on a lengthy journey, right? And I'm driving along and I'm headed in a a, a direction. And along this journey, right, uh, I don't eat Oreo cookies, but you really, really want an Oreo cookie. We have enough gas, you the bathroom, you're like, Audrey, I really want an Oreo cookie, you know, on this journey. Now, what is the most convincing way to get me to stop who doesn't like the Oreo cookie? Well, if you know me, you could just say, hey, you're my friend, and I might stop and do it because you're my friend, right? But it's sort of a, you know, eh, I'll do it. Um, and but what's the best way the best way is to say hey listen i know we're not doing this but along the way there's an oreo cookie shop it'll take about two minutes can we just stop there real quick so i can go in and grab some oreo cookies you know okay sure why not you see what i'm saying in other words it's easier to get someone to make a stop uh along the journey uh, along the way to the journey instead of to double back and a lot of times when we're trying to persuade people we're trying to get them to double back and change their perspective and change their whole viewpoint right we when we're talking about gender when we're talking about abortion whatever we're talking about that's what we tend to do so what's great is that's not what we should you know that that's not what we should i shouldn't say what's great i apologize what's great is is once you begin to understand that that's not how you do persuasion, it's a game changer. It really is. The next thing you need to do is tell your personal story, right? Yes, we're listening. Um, Yes, we're sharing these facts. But we could certainly understand by now that even though the facts may be great, right, they mean nothing if they can't relate to a person. You need to tell a personal story of why you believe and know in your heart that the USA is the best. The story may not be perfect. It may be full of holes, but it needs to be true, authentic, sincere, heartfelt. Right. The goal is to get the person to see it from your shoes, not to change your perspective. But to just for a moment. Let them look at it from your vantage point just briefly because most people can do that right um a good example of this is i can tell a story you know one i've been to france and then two the first girl i ever was in love with was i was young so rather than not you can call it love i don't know but the first girl i had butterfly feelings about was from france right and i didn't care anything i you know my friends made fun of her she came from the old world france where they didn't really on deodorant so by the end of the day there could be a few smells there But I remember talking to her one day And she talked about how uh, the French school system was And that from a very early age she got tracked They tracked the students And they determined that she was of a certain ilk And happened to be smart And so they put her on that track And I remember saying well what if you were this What if you were that And she's like well those people are targeted to be You know, plumbers, or those people are targeted to be construction workers. Those people targeted to be police officers, or those people are targeted to be doctors, or those are targeted to be lawyers, or those are targeted to be carpenters. Right? In other words, they put you on a track targeting where they thought you should fit. And I mean, I had a um, very—I ended up at that school because I just had a rough time, a rough childhood. I remember thinking to myself, "Man, I would have been deemed a loser. I would have been deemed a failure." I would have been deemed, I mean, I would have been put on track to just sit and collect money and maybe, you know, go and bag a couple of groceries for the rest of my life, right? So when I looked at that kind of system and then I saw France and I encountered other people who had been tracked, I thought, man, what a great country I live in because in this country, It might have been a little bit rough. I may have had to struggle to figure it out. But look at me now. There's no way if I would have been tracked that early, I ever would have been behind a microphone in France. They never would have put me, allowed me to be behind a mic. So that's an example of a story of something personal that you can share um, that will help persuade somebody. And then lastly, I mentioned this already Listening sets up exactly how you will persuade, you know. Remember, when you're going to persuade somebody, right, you're on their turf. You're in their mind, okay. And, and so you have to do it from their perspective. And you can't get their perspective if you don't listen. And then another thing, remember, you do have some advantages, right. The chances are the person you're speaking to isn't moving to Europe. They're not moving to the Middle East. They're not moving to Sub-Saharan Africa or Australia. You know, So they are here. They're here for a reason, and they're staying here for a reason. It could be family, etc. But you've got a built-in advantage, right? When you're listening, don't deny, by the way, the problems the USA has. You don't want to do that. You don't want to get an argument of, oh, well, the U.S., they, they say something negative about the U.S.A. and then you're like, well, blah, 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 and you wouldn't defend it. Don't do that, right? Focus on the USA successes, okay? So you should visit another country, right? You should listen. You should tell a personal story. Share with them some influential facts, but don't overwhelm them and overwhelm them those are the four things that a person can do to help persuade uh, an individual that the united states is the best country on the planet wow that actually took up the whole time if you've enjoyed this program send it right now to someone you know My name is Autry J. Pruitt. This has been Cross at the Capitol. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you may get your podcast. And remember, wisdom is the main thing. And with all that getting, get an understanding.